from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is live from America. It is Friday evening. Welcome, 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 welcome for the second hour of today. I so very much appreciate how much time that you guys dedicate yourselves to watching this program. I mean, in today's world, it is incredibly difficult to get somebody to watch your show for 10 minutes, but you guys... You action items, spearhead of the fight audience and family members, you guys watch without fail the entire time. I want to thank you all very, very much. As I said, welcome to Live from America, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Patriot. I want to give some live shout-outs to people who are watching on Rumble exclusively right now. Mr. Corn Pop himself. Harry Legs himself. <laughs> happy Friday. It's raining, he says, but I'm in the pool. Alicia Whiter says, happy Friday at 5, live from America family. Bunch of emojis. Um, <clears throat> American flag mo- emojis. Hands up emojis. RMA Apparel. Hello from RMA Apparel. I will be getting some shirts that made uh, through them. What wonderful people. And they are also on the America Strong tab of JeremyHerald.com. Folks, while we're doing shout-outs, it would be an honor uh, if you guys, it, I would be so honored. I mean, if you guys would actually share this video out, you can do it right from your desktop, you can do it from your laptop, and you can do it really quickly from the app if you are watching through the app. But I believe the live chat only works through the desktop or or browser version, if you will. Um, uh, so the, 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 the live chat anyway. But I think they're working on that, and they'll get that up and going real soon. Carla Reynolds, watching from North Georgia. We've got S.J. Stubb. Or Stubby from Texas. Good to see you. I will not comply ever, says. Wasn't thinking there would be a live at 5. Was just kept catching up on the 3 p.m. Pink Moon says, good evening from the state of Illinois. Good evening to you, too. Thank you for joining in. Country Boy Truck says, good afternoon from South Carolina. We've got Michelle in from Mentor, O-H-I-O. It is raining, apparently, in Bainbridge, New York. We don't have very good weather here either, so, uh, you know, you're not in that, you're not in that alone. Um, hello from Wisconsin, says Jay LaPrille. We've got Jay Jagator uh, J- 8, Cindy. Cindy from McClenny, Florida. I've actually never been there. Um, is that in the northern or the southern uh, portion of Florida? Uh, thank you for joining in either way. And MK says hello from Wyoming forever west. You know what? I've never really been out west. I've been out west to like uh, the Grand Canyon. Las Vegas, but that, I don't know if that really counts as out west. I've been to pretty much everywhere east of the Mississippi, but really hardly any places uh, in, in, in the uh, the western section of this great American country that we have today, ladies and gentlemen. Kimberly KL from Newcastle, Delaware. Thank you so very much. Ann Brink is watching from Pennsylvania. We've got, speaking of Pennsylvania, folks, if you haven't done it yet, please go to auditthevotepa.com. 
com and make sure you sign up there get your name on that petition we got to get that recall and that uh the recall of that governor there for sure but also the uh auditing the vote that's a big one right there auditing the vote you guys in pennsylvania have already limited the power of your governor now let's audit that vote and find out what's really happened adam mcphee from California says he's in the house um we've got people says uh, people that say hello from freezing illinois and um let's see let's one more here let's give it to somebody i haven't given it to in a long time mm, or never before i should say um nigel borzik from florida the sunny sunshine state of florida the free state of florida i'd also like to thank barb naylor from kind embroidery she has been making me hats for so long hip-hop patriot party hats never bet against trump hats she's made some really really nice uh hats for me and this right here ladies and gentlemen happens to be my favorite this happens to be my favorite she went and she she went ahead and she put the new life from america logo on the hat she put the uh my my jh and Jeremy Harrell on the side, and she put the flag on this side. And folks, this is going to be, um, I reached out to Barb today during a phone call. And uh, along with uh, the folks that are already making the other Life from America version with the with sunglasses on them, which I absolutely love, I'm, I'm now going to be ordering a whole bunch of these hats for the website as well. Um, and what I think I'll do is I think I'll couple these together with the black and gray American flag glasses that I have, maybe. Because those are really nice, too. So either way, thank you very much, Barb. And thank you for your wonderful business on the America Strong page on JeremyHarrell.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, today I think we're going to get right into reading um, from Jesus Calling. I think we're going to go early today because I only have a 45-minute show for you this afternoon. And I want to make sure that we get everything in. Uh, I could sit here and thank people for days, but I just want to uh, I want to get right to the Lord. You know, um, it's weird because once you've, once you've walked in, in step with the Lord, you find yourself always yearning to continue that journey and holding his hand or being right by his side or just feeling his presence with you. You know what I mean? And you always hear stories from people who have passed away. And when they come back, they tell you, the last thing I wanted to do was come back. The last thing I ever wanted to do was come back. Where I was, I felt at peace. You know what I mean? You always hear those stories. And it's the same thing while you're alive here on earth. When you experience that walk and that journey with Jesus, you you know, you, you feel when you're when you uh haven't fed your soul with the gospel. You feel when you are, are kind of removed a little bit. Uh, maybe you haven't read your, maybe you didn't read your Bible today. Maybe you didn't do your, maybe you didn't spend your time alone with God this morning or this afternoon or this, or, la, or, or last night, depending on when you spend your time alone with God. Uh, it happens to all of us because we all have lives and, 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 but we always got to remember we have to put that first. And, uh, I found myself today in, the, uh, in, in here in the studio on my knees, just, you know, trying to have a great conversation with God because I feel like I've been so busy that I have been able to do that and uh, so I really want to get right to the word this evening and of course uh, May 28th year of our Lord 2021 and it says this from Jesus calling on the evening version I should say this world is increasingly dark think about that increasingly dark that means as we sit here right now as you watch live from America and as I broadcast to you from New Hampshire we are getting increasingly more dark. 
Don't believe me? Pop off here and turn on your TV. Jump off here, go to Facebook real quick and just bring up Facebook and see what you see. You know what I'm saying? Go to the movies. Go out to any public place outside of a, uh, a faith-based area. The world is definitely becoming increasingly dark. So let's start that over. The world is increasingly dark, but the light of my presence is as bright as ever. In fact, my glory shines more vividly against the dark backdrop of evil. So think about that. The dark backdrop of evil, that backdrop that keeps on uh, you know, gaining more position, getting bigger, getting larger, covering more area, covering more ground. But then you shine the light of God on it, and it has a and, and there's a contrast between the dark and the light that makes you see it even better. That gives them, gives you more visibility of God's goodness. Okay, when Christ-like goodness collides with the worldly vileness, be on the lookout for some miracles, Lord and Heavenly Father. We need some miracles right now on this earth. We need some miracles right now in this wonderful country that we call the United States of America that was founded on a Judeo-Christian uh, foundation a Judeo with Judeo-Christian values. Lord and Heavenly Father, we need a miracle right now uh, to, to, to shield our children in a full armor of God from all the evil that is thrown at them every single day at school, in public, on the school bus, with their friends, doesn't matter where, on TV, on the iPad, on the, on the computer. No matter where our children look, evil is trying to take them over every single day. Lord, we need these miracles now. We need these miracles to come while the darkness is spreading. All right? And it says right here that when the Christ-like goodness collides with worldly vileness, be on the look out for some miracles. Becky says, Jeremy, you are a sunshine in the dark. I am but just the lighter. The flame comes from God. I'm just the tool in which you see it, but thank you very much. Now, this comes from what Joe, Bi uh, Joe Biden calls Palmas, but we uh, know as Psalm. Psalms 89, 15, and 16, which says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness. And also from Philippians, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, which says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. My name, your name, all names. That the name of Jesus uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, eat in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the God, the Father. And before you turn out the light tonight, folks, use my name as a prayer, a praise, and a protection. It never loses power. And it doesn't. It doesn't. To our earthly eyes and ears, sometimes it might feel like you're losing the battle. But if you stay with that and truly stay with that, not just to say, oh, I'm, I'm with God. Hey, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I mean, if you feel it from the inside, then you're good. I promise you, you are good. <clears throat> so, somebody says, that was a joke. I don't know what that meant. But I hope you weren't talking about what I just read. And I definitely hope you're not talking about... What we're about to say next, which is the Lord's Prayer, 
which is exactly what we should all say every day to right our path because we fall off that thing every single day. Share with me, folks, in this wonderful opportunity to do the Lord's Prayer. Are you ready? Say it loud and proud so that every angel in heaven can rejoice. Or say it quietly inside for whatever reason if you don't want to say it loud and let the Spirit hear it. Although I suggest saying it loud. Okay? All right. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Somebody said up here, we must be careful to not be fooled by the false Christ coming first performing miracles. Let me tell you this, and this is something, I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong in this, but this is what I feel about false prophets. If you are walk, if you are lock in step with Jesus, if you truly have given your heart and soul over to Jesus and you've accepted him into your heart as your Lord and Savior and trust that he died on that cross for you for real, then you'll be able to spot false uh, miracles from a thousand miles away because your Holy Spirit tells you. You can feel it. You know what I'm saying? You can absolutely feel it. Victoria says she missed her nap today. <laughs> I suggest you take a nap, Victoria, because sleep is our foundation that gives us the energy that we need. All right, folks, we're going to get right into the first and foremost section of today. Today, the Republicans finally utilized the filibuster uh, to vote against the January 6th commission. Now, when I posted this today, I actually seen a lot of people who do not know what the January 6th commission actually is. Let me bring you up to speed on what it is. It is a big waste of taxpayer dollars. It is a big waste of taxpayers' time. It is a big waste of anything that our government should be doing in Washington, D.C. It is nothing but a, a, a commission to further demonize President Trump to further demonize the people that were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th and would give this committee, uh, like, power. It would give them power to be able to do exactly what the attorney or the uh, district attorney in Manhattan is trying to do with President Trump right now. It wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have a committee or a panel of people that were, uh, Look, uh, getting evidence brought to them about something that happened so they could investigate it and have hearings on it and have and subpoena witnesses. No, 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 no. What this would be, folks, would be uh, a witch hunt. This would be exactly what you see right now that's happening with New York and uh, the district attorney there trying to trump up Trump on some charges. So in, in America, what we're supposed to do is you're innocent until proven guilty and you wait until some accusations or a crime has been committed before you then start investigating said crime. But in the Democratic Party, they go and they look with a magnifying glass as if you're on parole or probation for anything that you've ever done in your entire life life so that they can pick it apart and say, gotcha. And it's kind of the way they ended up getting Al Capone. They couldn't get Al Capone on all these other charges. Couldn't get him on murder. Couldn't get him on um, running booze. So they ended up getting him on tax evasion. This is kind of what the Democrats are doing right now, but they've shot a huge chunk of steroids into that and they're doing it on a bigger scale. They're actually trying to pick apart every little thing about President Trump. And that is what this January 6th commission would have been and still would be if they 
figure out a way to, to, to pass it, i.e. getting rid of the filibuster. This is why they want to get the filibuster gone so badly. Can you imagine, folks, if the FBI that came and visited me or the people that directed them to come and visit me had the authority and the resources, meaning the finances, to basically do this to every single buddy that happened to be in D.C. or in the D.C. area on January 6th. Think of what they're doing to President Trump right now and then multiply that by how many people were in D.C. It would be an endless amount of money thrown at this commission. It would be an endless amount of power thrown at these people. And all they would do is sit up there and spew the same old lies, the same old communist news network that the CCP instructs them to spew over and over again, much like you saw with the Russia hoax, but on a big, massive scale, even bigger than that. That, folks, is what the January 6th commission is. It is it is an abuse of power, it violates your rights, and then it gives them an opportunity to label you as something that legally will take your rights. It is a witch hunt. Okay, S. Suber says, Jeremy, you are right. When you know Jesus and have committed to him, you will not be fooled by the false one. But many will, and yep, you are 100% right. You are 100% right. God's Wolf says, you wouldn't be doing today's show. Exactly. If the January 6th commission goes through, or it goes through in the future, I'm, this is, this is over. This right here, this is over. Like that. Trust me. So, it's good that the, that the, uh, the, Democrats, or the, uh, <laughs> the Democrats, it's good that the Republicans actually filibustered the whole thing, but, folks, didn't, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy. Why? Because I'm about to read to you the six Republicans that decided that they were going to vote with the Democrats, further putting this, uh, January 6th commission, uh, as a reality. Number one, Senator Stuttering Susan Collins from Maine. Senator Mom Jeans Mitt Romney, Senator uh, Cassidy from Louisiana, Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, Senator Murkowski, who's losing anyway her re-election bid in Alaska because she's polling so far behind Chewbacca, Senator Murkowski from Alaska, uh, who's up for re-election in 2022, and Senator Portman of OHIO, who is retiring in 2022. Folks, that is your six. Democrat uh, rhinos who voted for the commission. Now check this out. Two Democrats voted against it. And I was just starting to look up before I got on the show who those Democrats were because I want to see if it's Kirsten Cinema and or Joe Manchin. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure they said they were going to vote for it. And I apologize for not having the extra time to look that up. Maybe somebody in the audience knows because you guys are uh, hunter-gatherers as well of information. But from what I understand, two Democrats decided to vote against it. That means that two Democrats have more of a spine and more of a love for the red, white, and blue that sits behind me than those six rhinos that I just mentioned. Scumbags. Mmm. Trump elected by the people. Biden selected by the swamp. Get your coffee cup today on JeremyHerald.com. Online store. Promo code PRAY for 30% off for two more days. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to call those Republicans next week uh, when they're in office. And hopefully, if we do it at the 11 o'clock hour, hopefully we'll be able to get somebody. Um, 
Victoria says we need to hear you're fired. You're fired. You're talking to me? You're fired. You're saying that I should be fired? You're fired. Or all those six Republicans? You're fired. Either way, <laughs> there's your you're fired button. Oh, two were absent. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Two were absent. Well, there you go. There you go. And by the way, what is this up? What's up with all this absent stuff lately? You know what I mean? What is going on with these, like over in Arizona when they voted um, to uh, ban vaccine passports? Where, where, who, how can you be absent? This is your one job. You ever heard that thing? You got one job. You got one job. Show up and vote the way your constituents want you to vote. Dumb, dum, 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 dum. Man, these people are lazy, worthless losers. Kirsten Cinema was absent. Well, maybe I'll take that right. Maybe I'll just take that right back. Maybe she was absent on purpose so she didn't have to vote against it and be further demonized by her demoncrat party. Mm, okay, maybe Jeremy Harrell shouldn't uh, open his mouth before he gets all the information because he always puts his foot right where he opens his mouth. <laughs> mm mm. I sent someone to the store yesterday, said Alicia Wida. She loved my shirt. I was rocking. Save America, Trump 2024. Uh, Ann Brink says, yes, I was wondering the same thing. Lauren Cole says, Friday night shows are the best and my favorite. Um, I'd say Monday mornings are my favorite, to be honest with you. But Friday nights are a close second. Friday nights are a close second. All right, folks, moving on. President Trump. President Trump. Let me hear it one more time. President President Trump, not resident Biden, because we all know who's really the one in charge and who really won. But anyway, President Trump has been putting out a lot, a lot of statements lately. And you know that he's doing this. I mean, who needs Twitter, right? President Trump didn't need Twitter. The guy puts out a statement and everybody covers it because they're 70% down in their viewership of their lame, ridiculous, fake news media outlets. So all President Trump has to do is put out a press release and everybody grabs it anyway. So why give the money to, to Osama bin Wannabe over there, Jack Dorsey, who runs uh, uh, Twitter. But anyway, President Trump's been putting out statements left and right. He's been injecting himself everywhere because he's getting ready to start doing MAGA rallies again. And in order for President Trump to do MAGA rallies the way President Trump does MAGA rallies, he's got to be able to tweet. He's got to be able to be sarcastic. He's got to be able to be truthful. He's got to be able to be uh, high energy, not low energy, like Jeb Bush and the rest of the Bush family and John McCain and all of the rest of the rhinos. Mitt Romney, you get it. Uh, but President Trump, this is what he does. He, he understands TV. He understands uh, radio. He understands entertainment, period. The guy just understands how to build. He, he understands how to build some excitement, okay? And um, I see we got a little bit of freezing going on there, so I'll give it... Oh, there we go. Didn't take too long. The guy knows how to build some excitement. So lately, he's been giving out a lot of statements, all right? But I want to play this for you. It's 2 minutes and 18 seconds, okay? This is President Trump talking on the Wayne Allen Rich Show. And I really liked what I heard. So hopefully you can hear this because it is on my phone. President Trump on the Wayne Allen Rich show. Hold on here. I want to make sure I find it. The right version anyway. Um, all right, here we go. Pay for it. There we go. All right, you ready? And these guys are, the way they, uh, Talk to China. China's not going to be back for anything. Well, you it's saw a terrible, today. It's a terrible thing. And I said today. Wuhan, and I said it came out of the labs, and now they're all... Right. And they said, 
because I said it, we're not going to go with that. Now they're all going with it, and they're trying to. Oh, this isn't the one. This is the one I wanted right here. Sorry, folks. This is the one I wanted you to hear. Democrats are putting right. forward pass number one. Of okay, that's it. That's because the that would overrule what the states right. done. But if you look at what Texas has done, what Florida has done, and what many states have forty-one states where they're run by Republicans or essentially run by Republicans, they're putting in legislation that's going to be very, very strong. Stronger, frankly, than the federal government's going to be able to do because of leadership. Uh, they're putting in legislation that's very, very strong. But you can't let it get overridden by uh, Pelosi and, and Schumer, right? Well, right, so which is what they you. want to try and do. And if they do that, and I think that, you know, frankly, I think there's going to be a big problem because when, it, when people find out that all of these states were, are going to flip, does that mean you go three and a half years with somebody that's destroying our country? Well, that's the question. What happens when you find out that it was rigged? And well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, it's, all I do is I sit back and watch, and, and other states now are doing the audits. And it, that includes, you know, states that I won. We don't view them too much. But I won Ohio by a lot, but they say I actually won it by much more. And Florida, too. You know, I won Florida by a record amount. Yes, but you did. A lot, people said I won it by a lot more than that. You saw all the money they put into Florida. I still won it by a record amount. But a lot of people say that I won it by more. Many states that we won, they say we won it by a lot more. Pennsylvania, we were up uh, 900,000 votes in Pennsylvania. All of a sudden, it was lost. Well, you, and you, you know, that was another one, general. Philadelphia. Check out Philadelphia. <laughs> Check out what happened there with the vote watchers, where they were thrown out physically, thrown out of the building you, for you days. You were ahead literally by hundreds of thousands of votes in Pennsylvania, right. insurmountable, and the attorney general announced at that moment, oh, we've got him. We know we're going to win Pennsylvania, the Democrat attorney general. That alone told me that it was rigged. How did he know? No matter what you were ahead by, he was going to come up with more. Well, he knew because ballot. he knew what the count was. Right. Uh, they, you know, they also stopped voting, many of the states, late they counting votes, late in the evening, and then you saw these massive ballot drops. It is so corrupt... There's never been anything like it. Right. Everybody knows it. And the only difference between me and others is I... That's it. That's the, that's the little excerpt that I wanted you guys to hear. Okay? President Trump was right. And remember, I can remember when that attorney general from Pennsylvania, the day before, or like two days before, it was, it was literally right before the election, said, I guarantee you President Trump is not going to win Pennsylvania. And he was up almost a million votes when people went to bed. Folks, you're not up a million votes and then lose in the next two hours after midnight. It doesn't work like that. It never has in any any election in history. Okay? And so when you bring that kind of proof to the Democrats, they go, Well, it was COVID. It was all the mail in ballots and you can't you can't um you can't take their vote away. Oh, you can't take the vote away of dead people. They might turn in their graves for crying out loud. So, folks, he was right. He's always been right. He's been right about the virus. He's been he's been right about Fauci. He's been right about the cheating. He's been right about the machines. He's been right about everything. And little by little, it continues to come out that he was right. Hindsight. Trump should call. He should write a book called Hindsight. President Trump, if you watch this show, if you watch Live from America, and I know you know who I am, so hopefully this word gets to you somehow. President Trump, please write a book called Hindsight. Where you literally just, it's an I told you so book. Like the end of every chapter, the last uh, words of every chapter is I told you so, chapter three. I told you so, chapter four. 
I told you so. Chapter 5. <laughs> I would love, love President Trump to make a book called uh, Hindsight. Or just I told you so. That might even be better. That might even be better. Just a book called I Told You So. <laughs> Definitely not a book like Hillary Clinton wrote. Remember hers? What happened? What happened? Why didn't they cheat for me like they did Biden? It's because I'm a woman. That's why. Mm, I'm going to smash that glass ceiling now. You ain't smashing nothing. <laughs> All right, moving on, folks. We have a Smarty Award to give away. And you know what we do. We got to cue that drum roll, please. Who's going to get the Smarty Award on Live from America today? Who is it? The Smarty Award today is going to go, boom, to, I missed, I missed, how do you miss, it's two feet away, come on, man, come on, man, <laughs> true international depression, the, the Smarty Award today is going to go to Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona, because Rep Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona is wondering how Nancy Pelosi can justify a mask mandate which, you know, that Marjorie Taylor Greene called the House of Holocaust, which it is. I would stand by those, and anybody who says they're offended by that really needs to go back and take the, take out what she said out of that and, and put it into context, but either, uh, into context, but either way, either way, get over it. You know what I mean? She didn't mean what you think she means, so just get over it. But, um, they're wondering how how that Stretchface Armstrong can actually continue to push a max mandate amongst all the people who've already been vaccinated when the Senate has dropped its mask mandate. And everybody in the world knows that it's because she wants to continue to have some kind of annoying, irrelevant power over the Republicans. The Democrats love wearing masks. They know that the Republicans hate wearing masks. So they're putting the, they're keeping this mask mandate in only so, so that they can humiliate them and fight them $500 for every time they try to do it okay this is just this is just a dumb way for Nancy Pelosi to feel like she has a little bit of power in the last few seconds of her life all right her face is her face is just completely stapled to the back of her head at this point so she can't do it off her good looks alone anymore uh, Nancy Pelosi used to be a pretty good looking woman but now, ladies and gentlemen, she has to wear that mask in order for her face not to hit the floor. So anyway, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona penned a letter to Dr. Rochelle Walensky at the CDC and um, asked only one question in this letter. Did Nancy Pelosi or the Capitol physician consult with the CDC prior to extending the House, the House mask mandate and social distancing protocols on May 14th? One simple question. Did Nancy Pelosi or the Capitol physician consult with the CDC prior to extending the House mask mandate and social distancing protocols on May 14th? And if so, I want proof. So go ahead and send that proof over. Because if she did not, then she, who has no ability to uh, be able to make decisions off of science because she's not a scientist. She's not a virologist. She doesn't work for the CDC. The only thing she knows how to do is cheat and buy $12,000 ice cream. Oh, and, you know, the facelifts and all that stuff. Um, 
So he wants to know, did she consult with you or did she not? And if she did, why is it okay for the House to continue to have the mask mandate but not the Senate when everybody is vaccinated? See the catch-22 here? And if she didn't, then that means that she's doing this purely for political reasons, which goes to show even more of how much of a swamp donkey she really is. Hey, Nancy Pelosi. You're fired. (laughs) Okay? All right, ladies and gentlemen, today... Earlier, 11 o'clock. If you did not see the 11 o'clock show, I suggest at some point tonight you check it out. It was a great show filled with a lot of facts and a lot of wonderful tidbits for you to move forward in your social and political lives. All right. And one thing that we talked about and we gave a Smarty Award, we gave the Smarty Award uh, to Janice McEachin this morning. Janice McEachin is the Attorney General for the state of Idaho. If you did miss this morning's show, let me kind of give you a 5,000 foot overview of what happened. So, Current governor, uh, Brad Little, went to Tennessee for the Governor Association Convention. The same convention that Mike Lindell donated to, was invited to as a VIP guest, and then kicked out of because he promised to confront Governor Doug Ducey and Governor Kemp over the way they handled their election on November 3rd. As soon as he said that, they kicked him out of there. Anyways, as uh, while these governors were gone, somebody has to be in charge. In Idaho, that is Attorney General, um, or not Attorney General, excuse me, Lieutenant Governor Janice McEachin. And while uh, Bill Little was gone, Janice McEachin decided, hey, I'm the acting governor of the state. So I'm going to sign an executive order that bans mask mandates. It was incredible. It was genius. And it was basically politically ruthless. Why? Because just last week she announced that she's going to be running against Governor Bill Little, uh, Brad Little, excuse me, um, as he tries to be reelected. She's going to run against him for governor. And she is the lieutenant governor there. So while she while he was gone, she goes, ah, well, I'm acting, I'm the acting governor. Why don't we go ahead and just throw this little executive order on that mandate that uh, bans mask mandates? I thought it was incredible. And I said earlier today that it puts the governor in a catch-22 because if he comes home and he rescinds this mask mandate, even though there was not a mask mandate in place, he just didn't want to give the power up. Uh, so if he comes back and he rescinds this mask mandate that she did while she was in power for that couple days that he was gone, then that makes him look like an enemy of the people. And it definitely gives one big, huge political win, a boost, and ultimately a win for Janice McEachin. If he comes home and he doesn't rescind her mask mandate, then the people of Idaho win, and it even boosts her political capital up quite a bit, right? It boosts her respect up from the people because of what she did. Well, wouldn't you know it? Hook, line, and sinker. Governor Brad Little comes home and uh, uh, felt a little too little, old Brad Little. He felt like a chihuahua. Barking at the feet of Lieutenant Governor Janice McEachin. So he says, nope, I'm going to utilize my power and my authority to rescind her executive order banning mask mandates. Tell me, if you live in Idaho, which I know a lot of you do, what do you think of Brad Little coming home and rescinding the executive order to ban mask mandates? I guarantee you that the people of Idaho are quickly going to be turning their attention from Brad Little to Janice McGeechan. What a smart move by her, but what a stupid move by Governor Brad Little. So I figured I would play something real quick for Governor Brad Little uh, because I think uh, 
think he kind of got trapped, and I think he made the wrong choice. So, Governor Brad McLittle of Idaho. <laughs> Governor Brad McLittle, bye-bye. <laughs> I don't think you're going to beat Janice uh, McGleechan next year. McGeechan, and uh, what a great move by her, and what a stupid move by the governor of Idaho. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to follow that right up, folks, with the first dum-dum of the day. <laughs> the first dum-dum of the day today is going to go to... Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson in Michigan, because, ladies and gentlemen, she's seeing what's going on in Arizona. She's seeing what's going on in New Hampshire. She's seeing what's going on in Georgia. She sees what's happening in Wisconsin. And she sees that Pennsylvania is going to follow suit and do the same kind of audit. So Janice, uh, or Jocelyn Benson decides she's going to flex a little muscle that she does not have. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about in jurisdiction. She has no political muscle to do this. Even though she's the head election official of the state, she does not override state legislature. Period. If the state legislature in a state, i.e. the House and the Senate, decide, hey, we're doing an audit, guess what? You're doing an audit. Sorry, Jocelyn Benson. You have no power here. Okay? But anyway, Michigan Secretary of State... Jocelyn Benson to try, to try to flex a little bit of that power, and she has warned all county boards in Michigan that they have no authority to conduct election audits. Dominion then comes up behind her and warns, do not transfer voting machines to uncredited auditors. What does that sound like to you, folks? What does that sound like to you when Jocelyn Benson says to all the county boards that they are basically, she warns them not to conduct election audits? So that means she's telling them to deny if the state Senate says, hey, we're doing the election audit, and they put that um, that order out to all the county boards, Jocelyn is now putting them in a catch-22 and threatening them by saying, you are not to do any of these county board, uh, you're, not, you're, you're not allowed to do any of these election audits if you're told to by a state subpoena or by state Senate. Then Dominion comes in and warns them not to transfer the voting machines to the state Senate like they did in Arizona um, because you would be handing them to unaccredited auditors. So I got to ask you, what is accredited auditor, auditor? Are they the, uh, are they only picked by Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson and Governor, Ga- uh, Governor Gretchen Whitless? Does that make them credited? I would assume that anybody that has a history or any kind of uh, resume that shows that they can do computer audits like IT teams and stuff are credited. What makes them credited? What a stupid statement. It just goes to show you further how Dominion and the Secretary of States and the governors of these states are running around with their tail between their legs because they are so afraid, they are in full panic, and they have no idea what to do when they all get caught. And Brink says, sounds like they're scared to me and they're threatening. Exactly. We are in the third stage of grief, ladies and gentlemen. We got over anger and now they're trying to negotiate. They're trying to do anything they can. The fourth stage is acceptance or you go back to the first stage. One of the two. But it sounds like fear to me. All right, folks. One more story and then I'm going to leave you with a wonderful, wonderful video from Memorial Day weekend. Now, the video that I'm going to leave you with, and it's going to basically exit the show with, is something that you've all probably seen before. But if you do have children, I would like you to bring them into the room for this video. We're about T-minus five minutes away from playing it. This video is probably about seven minutes long, and it's a little history lesson 
on something that happened here in America. And in honor of Memorial Day, and those who have died for us, who have, who have put their lives on the line for us, means that they have put their lives on the line for that, right back there. The good old red, white, and blue. Oh, glory, we call her. So I'm going to play a wonderful video for you. And if your kids are there, if you have children, they might not watch the show. Call them downstairs, get them away from their homework, get them away from their TVs, get them away from their phones for seven minutes so that I can educate uh, or help educate uh, our youth and maybe even you yourself if you've not seen the video. Um, the last story of the day is big tech. You know that in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, by the way, he deserves a standing ovation, he is quickly becoming America's favorite governor, if he already isn't, okay? And he's, his political capital is going through the roof, and I do see that man as president someday. Okay, hopefully he runs with President Trump and gets his uh, sea legs first, and then runs on his own for eight years. That would be amazing. All right? So, big tech. Uh, has filed a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis and against the state of Florida because of the new bill that Ron DeSantis passed into law that's going to allow people to to file lawsuits against big tech for censorship, which would cost them millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars a month with all of the people that they censor. So big tech can't have that. You, we have we have Section Two Thirty. We're immune. This is how bad. President Trump wanted to, this is why he wanted to repeal Section 230 as, as, as much as he did. This is why Section 230 is so important. Because you already seen one state is trying to fight back and big tech can't handle it. They're freaking out. Because they just filed a lawsuit today against Governor Ron DeSantis and the new law that would ban their censorship or cost them tens of millions of dollars. Now think about what they just did. Think about what I just said. They filed a lawsuit against the governor of a state because he stopped their censorship. This is America. He stops their censorship of our basic right, freedom of speech. First Amendment, freedom of speech in the Bill of Rights, given to us by God, not by men. And they're actually filing a lawsuit because he's stopping their censorship of freedom of speech. This is where we are in the country, folks. This is where we are. This is why I do this show. This is why we fight. This is why you share the videos. This is why you get people to watch these kind of videos. Because you're trying to wake them up. We're in a world where half of the country is on the side of the big tech companies that are vowing to silence people if they don't agree with what they agree with. It is a violation of our most basic right, and this is where we are in the country. So, because this is where we are in the country, and to honor those who died for us, and to honor this country the way this country should be honored, like I said, I have something very special for you. I hope your children are in the room. I hope you're ready to educate your children a little bit about the Star Spangled Banner. Now, before I play this for you, I know my mom is watching, and my mom can validate this. My mom and I, through her side of the family, through my mom's side of the family, are related to Francis Scott Key. We're not related to him by blood. We're related to him by marriage. Meaning that my great, 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 
great grandmother married into the Francis Scott Key family. I did not know that until a few months ago. And then I thought about it and I said, wow, I come from a military family. Both my grandfathers fought in the war. Both my grandfathers have purple hearts for their bravery. Both my grandfathers are now dead. Okay? And I feel like I'm so close to them and the red, white, and blue. I feel like I will never, ever stop. This is my fight. A little bit different than theirs, but this one's mine. And I go, wow. When I, when I found out through my mom that we were related to Francis Scott Key, I was not surprised. So in lieu of that, and in lieu of the fact that M Memorial Day is here, I'd like to educate as much as I could, if you have not seen this video, on where the Star Spangled Banner came from, how it was written, and what it took to write this song. What I want to do is I want to put it on screen now. And ladies and gentlemen, I am going to say goodbye after this. I'm not just going to leave you hanging. So hang in there, share the video, and get your kids in the room right now. There was a lawyer once, his name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it, it's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song and they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one -one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats, and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. 
And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered, and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And he said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. He says, the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said, it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said, suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says, from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, tell us where the flag is. Tell what us, have they done with the flag? Tell us where the flag is. Wow. Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. Wow. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said, he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. Amen. Amen. The said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. This is armor of God stuff. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Amen. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough. There stood the flag, completely nondescript, in shreds. Wow. The flag pulled itself. Was at a crazy angle? 
flag was still at the top. Amen. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when hit had fallen, but men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up wow. humanly <clears throat> until they died. Until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were Patriots' bodies. <clears throat> he penned the song, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? The debt was demanded. The price, it was paid. Sing it, folks. Sing it. On, folks, sing it with me. Say, does that star spangled banner yet wait for the land of the free and the Amen. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I had to show that to you. If you did not know the story behind the Star Spangled Banner, which became our national anthem, now you know that men, women, and children ran over to grab that rampart that that flag was flying on, and they threw their lives at the foot of that rampart to do anything they could to keep that flag from touching the ground. They died there. They stepped over people that they knew. They stepped on family members that were dead already. And they continued to fall one after the other, after the other, until they were dead, trying to hold that flag up from touching the ground. And when you see people today that stomp on that flag, it isn't just a piece of cloth. You're stomping on the souls of people like that. Every school in America should show this video. Every school in America should teach why that flag should never be dishonored, never be disrespected, and always be honored until the day that God comes and takes you home. Ladies and gentlemen, there are wrong ways. There are right ways. But there is only one Yahweh. So folks, stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. And keep your heads up high because you are children of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Thank you. Thank you for watching this show. Thank you for donating to this show. And thank you for being a part of the Live from America family. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Remember the fallen. Teach your children. And I'll see you guys next week. I will be doing shows on Monday. God. Rebirth of America. Been a long time coming, and we all learned something that we won't ever give it up. No way. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America.